Hello and welcome to What Keeps You Going, WKYG, a podcast where I dive into the forces propelling us forward in life, career, sport, and beyond. Allow me to introduce myself. I'm your host, Meg Lewis Schneider. Originally from Cape Town, South Africa, I immigrated to Canada at the age of five with my family, and I've been living in Canada ever since. I call Vancouver Island home. I'm surrounded by the serene beauty of trees, ocean, and majestic mountains. I feel incredibly lucky to live here. Join me as we explore stories of hope, resilience, and bravery in the pursuit of our deepest desires. In today's episode, I'll be sharing my personal journey of triumph and resilience. As an avid runner, I faced so many setbacks and challenges, especially when I first became serious about running. This led me to a condition known as Red S. Red S is a common thing, unfortunately, among female athletes and manifests in various symptoms such as loss of menstruation, fatigue, depression, anxiety, bone and soft tissue injuries, all of which hinder participation in sports. Red S develops gradually over time when energy input fails to match energy output primarily due to inadequate rest and nutrition. In simple terms, when nutritional needs don't align with physical demands. It was a tough period for me, both physically and mentally. I lost my period and developed osteopenia, which is a fancy word that means low bone density. I'm going to give you guys all the details of what I went through from the initial excitement of getting competitive with running to the setbacks I faced that really crushed my self-belief and confidence. Can you believe it took me a full year to restore my physical health, but even longer for my mind and spirit to align with my body, a process I've been working on since 2021. I'll also discuss how patience, maturity, joy, and self-compassion were really important in my recovery. Through sharing my story, my aim is to inspire and empower others facing similar challenges, demonstrating that it's possible to overcome adversity, reclaim your power, and keep moving forward. Nothing, and I mean nothing, is permanent. I once believed my running journey was over, thanks to Red S, but now I realize it's only just beginning. I am both mentally and physically way more capable of achieving my goals than when I was young and naive. I have wisdom and experience now. Plus, being on the sidelines observing others has really given me further insight and perspective. Sometimes taking a break to understand what something means to you and how much it matters to you ignites an inner flame, propelling us forward with greater clarity and determination, because now you know what you're fighting for and why you want it so bad. 
All right, all right, let's dive into episode one already. So when did my running journey begin? Surprisingly, I didn't specialize in running as a child, teenager, or university student. As a child, I immersed myself in dance, figure skating, and gymnastics. And in high school, I explored tennis, soccer, swimming, and field hockey while maintaining a love for dance, drama, and musical theater. On the side of all these other activities, running was something I did with my dad. He would invite me on his runs, and I would enthusiastically say yes, as I wanted to show my dad I could keep up. I remember watching him with awe. As he ran so smooth and graceful, he made it look easy while I struggled to keep up. Sometimes when he picked up the pace, I'd get so frustrated and emotional. I remember these moments and I'd shout, this is too hard or like, wait, I can't keep up. I can't do this. But he'd just chuckle and say, come on, my girl, urging me to keep going. And he never slowed down. I'd make it to the top of those hills and to the end of those runs. And... A sense of pride, accomplishment, and joy always washed over me. Those runs became moments I eagerly anticipated. Not because my dad pushed me or influenced me to be a runner. He never did that. But because they showed me the joy in overcoming challenges and the power of perseverance. Despite enjoying those runs, I wasn't really into making running my main thing. In school, I'd join in on races every now and then, and in the beep test, I'd usually be the last girl standing. But my real passion at that time? That was dance. I loved the rhythm, the flow, the emotion, the whole vibe of dance classes and recitals. Similarly, running was more like art than science to me. I didn't care much about numbers or stats or paces or distance. I just wanted to feel something. Free, strong. Running was self-expression, just like dance. It was my way of zoning out, letting my thoughts wander as I moved. In high school, my favorite subjects were drama, musical theater, and creative writing. These interests led me to pursue a degree in radio and television arts, which is essentially broadcast journalism. I went to Ryerson University in Toronto, which was heavily focused on the arts, and it didn't have a track or cross-country team until my final year. I ran with a couple of different run clubs just for fun. One of them was the University of Toronto Masters Club as I couldn't train with the U of T team. Their varsity team rejected me and said, nope, you're not a student here. You can't train with us. So I was content just having UTTC masters to train with. And I must say, there was some truly inspiring runners in that club. Even the coach had achieved remarkable things in his running career, which he was still actively pursuing. Being around them gave me a glimpse of what was possible. After completing my degree, 
I had an opportunity with CTV in Vancouver. Initially, I aspired to become a news anchor or sports reporter, but my focus shifted as I became increasingly involved in running. Just like in Toronto, I sought out clubs and running buddies in Vancouver. However, I couldn't help but notice the abundance of Olympians and professional runners living and training in the city. Witnessing their dedication and talent really sparked my curiosity about my own potential. I began working with a coach one-on-one and found numerous teammates in the Vancouver community who were always so eager to join me. Suddenly, training and racing and everything tied to running became addictive and exhilarating for me, especially as I started to see improvements and achieve one personal best after another. It was during this time that I created an Instagram account. Some of you may remember it. It was called Run Girl Meg. I used it as a platform to share my growing passion for the sport. What began with just a handful of followers quickly ballooned to over 50,000. I started collaborating with a photographer friend, capturing running shots around Vancouver, sharing quotes, tips, and race results. The response was incredible. Brands began reaching out to me, giving me money to promote their product, and I found myself hosting giveaways and contests. I unintentionally became a running influencer at a time when the concept didn't really exist. It was relatively new. My Instagram posts were getting like 2,000 to 3,000 likes. And I even noticed a significant number of strangers following me on Strava. It was a whirlwind experience. And it all fueled the fire within me. Initially, the internal drive was strong. But then came the external pressure to perform. Not just in races, but also on social media. At first, it felt invigorating. Some pressure can be a catalyst for reaching our potential. I mean, it's a privilege, really. However, things took a turn for the worst. The pressure started weighing heavily on me. I felt like I had to do whatever it took to get better. I began to believe that I needed to make drastic changes to excel further. It started with, I should cut out sugar and alcohol. Then it spiraled into eating more vegetables and fruits. And eventually, I went vegan. This obsession with my training, social media presence, and race results consumed me. I was chasing perfection, especially in my diet. Aiming to eat clean and train relentlessly, this approach really did not work for me. And the crazy thing is, throughout my childhood, high school, and university years, I enjoyed eating everything and anything. However, my seriousness with running bled into my diet, and I began categorizing certain foods as good or bad. Instead of realizing, hey, there's no good or bad, and hey, I'm running 130 to 140 kilometers a week, with intense workouts twice a week plus hefty long runs, and that my recovery and fueling were critical 
instead I fell into this trap of trying to be perfect with my eating habits and not really listening to my body at all. Looking back, I wish I could shake my past self and say, Meg, smarten up. Eat whatever you're craving. Your body knows what it needs. Stop with the rules and align your input with your output or you're going to lose everything. Unfortunately, instead of having this internal wisdom or encountering this common scenario during high school or university sports, where people tend to become restrictive and obsessive with training and nutrition, I experienced it post-university. I didn't fully grasp what was happening to me. As long as I saw results and improvements, I thought, I'm doing great. I'll keep going. But then others started to notice changes. Meg, you've lost weight. Are you okay? Are you taking care of yourself? They'd ask. And I'd reply, yeah, of course I am. Look at my Strava. Look at how well I'm doing. I'm killing it. But internally, I was becoming increasingly anxious, and my life began to revolve solely around running. It was eat, sleep, run, repeat, with little room for a social life outside of my running. I was determined to give everything I had to chase my dreams. Yet, it wasn't sustainable at all. 2018 was the year I experienced my first stress fracture in my navicular bone. At the time, I didn't fully understand what a stress fracture was. I thought, okay, it's going to take seven to eight weeks off from running to heal this thing. That sucks, but okay. It's a new challenge. I'll keep going. I'll keep training with pole running. Pole running is similar to running on land as it mimics the movement but can be so mentally draining and boring. Yet with discipline and determination, I pushed through. I treated my pole running sessions just like real running. Once I eventually healed, I found that I hadn't lost much fitness at all. In fact, I even ran a personal best in the 10K. As I geared up for the Houston Half Marathon in 2019, I felt a funky sensation in my left foot two weeks before the race. There was like this extreme tightness and occasional dull pain on the outside of my foot. But despite this, I convinced myself that, yeah, I had a taper and taking it easy for the next two weeks would make it all better. Unfortunately, I was far from okay. During the race, my foot throbbed, but I stubbornly pushed through. It was my first international race, and I was determined to hit my goal time of 1.13. However, I missed that mark by two minutes. Racing on a sore foot without adjusting my diet or mindset after my first bone injury was a big mistake. After crossing the finish line, I collapsed literally into my left foot. Like, I didn't, my whole body didn't collapse. I just collapsed into that left foot. And I was unable to take another step on that foot or bear any weight on it. Even navigating through the airport after that race was a struggle. Ugh, eventually, a bone scan confirmed my fears. I had another stress factor this time in my fifth metatarsal. At this point, I began to question, why was I experiencing another bone injury? 
so soon after the first. I did some research and received comments and DMs on social media suggesting that stress fractures indicated weakness. The shame, embarrassment, and humiliation I was feeling was overwhelming. Some comments were particularly hurtful, implying that I wouldn't last in the sport. It was then that I realized I needed to step away from the spotlight and focus on healing. I made the decision to delete my Instagram account. Bye-bye, Run Girl Meg. Run Girl Meg was no more. It was an impulsive decision. I could have simply deactivated my account. But no, at that point, I was like, I'm so done with this. I even left Vancouver to relocate to Vancouver Island. When change is necessary, it is up to you to make the change. No one could have made me change at that point. It was all coming from me, wanting to get out of this place of poor health and bone injuries. So I started working with a sport doctor and figuring out steps to get my health back. I reached out to other runners and received an outpouring of support. And honestly, like, thank you to all those people who offered their stories and their advice. Like, that was so appreciated. But yeah, at the time, I really felt defeated, like a huge failure, especially when my sport doctor said, you're deep in red S and you have osteopenia. You need to take the rest of 2020 off, heal, go back to your old diet, which was eat everything, load up on carbs, iron, protein, fats, milk, gain weight, and get off birth control to see if you're actually getting a natural period. Which, surprise, I wasn't. And periods for women are a sign of good health. Obviously, sometimes life stress can cause women to miss a period here and there, or if you're pregnant. But women, female athletes, you should be getting a period consistently, as estrogen is needed to build, make, and repair bones. My sport doc also said, you're lucky, it's the pandemic. This is a great time to recover optimally, as you won't be missing out on any races. Despite making big changes, and despite it being the pandemic, impatience still got the best of me. After three months, I felt like I should be back to normal, but I was swiftly knocked down by a sacral stress fracture. That one felt like a tight glute with pain radiating down to my knee. I remember seeing a chiropractor about it. I would have continued running through it and working on glute and hip exercises, but he spotted it and was like, nope, this seems to actually be stress fracture. And he was right. I was like, oh, okay, let's ramp up the diet even more. Let's try to rest harder. But I was still itching to move for someone that is such a big mover and needs movement as a stress reliever, energy booster, and just a general outlet. It was so hard for me to wait it out. All the gyms and pools were closed, so I cross-trained on my bike outside, and I just kept telling myself, Meg, you're gonna come out on the other side. You can do this. 
Things are improving. Just keep believing. And then finally, my sacral stress fracture healed and I got my period and I'm like, bingo, I'm good. I'm healed. Finally, it it worked. Let's go. And I went from zero to 100 only to get knocked down four weeks later with bilateral tibia stress reactions and femoral neck stress reaction. The one positive is they were stress reactions, not fractures. But still, I was like, what the hell? I am eating well. I have my period back. What's the holdup? And my sport doctor emphasized the importance of patience and taking the time to heal properly. Getting my period was not an immediate green light. No, I needed to continue giving my body time to catch up. I needed a few more months of having a regular period, rebuilding bone density, working on muscle strength, and gradually returning to running with lower mileage and lower intensity. Eventually, after more time off, my sport doctor was like, yep, you're in a good place. You're ready to resume training and start working with a coach. And I'm like, yes, hallelujah. And honestly, after going through all those bone injuries, I did not slip back into old patterns because I was like, look at what that did to you. Do you want to have to face those kind of setbacks again? And I was like, hell no, that was brutal. My fear of returning to Red S kept me eating well and loads. So my diet and body were both healthy and balanced, but you know what felt injured? My head, my heart, my confidence, my self-belief. All those things were shattered in a million tiny pieces. I was like, shit, I don't feel like myself. I feel sad. I feel different. I feel ashamed. I had to go through that. Why did I let it all slip through my fingers when I could have gone so far? I messed up. Maybe I'll never reach my potential or become elite ever again. All these negative thoughts were spiraling inside my head on the daily. I would try to show up for workouts and midway through I'd be like, I don't want to do this. This isn't fun. This doesn't feel like it used to. And of course it didn't. Instead of having the insight and wisdom that no, it truly does get better. Coming back from any setback, you're going to feel awful and not yourself for at least four to six weeks. But once glimmers of fitness start to come back, so does confidence and self-belief. But instead of thinking like that, I thought, no, I've really lost it all. And the joy I used to feel is not there. I would try to do workouts, and sometimes even when there was one rep left, I would just quit. And sometimes I'd only manage to do the warm-up. My mind just kept shutting me down. Truly. Your body and mind, and especially your heart, need to be in sync. If your head and your heart don't want it, if you've lost the love and passion, or you don't know who you are or where you're going, which for me, I felt so lost. Like, who am I now? I don't feel like a runner. 
It's so hard to tell your body to stick with it, finish the workout, or be competitive when you just feel crushed, lost, disorientated, and still hurting. I had healed all those physical injuries, but I did not anticipate the mental scars these injuries would leave behind. It took so much mental fight to heal the physical injuries, and I felt burnt out. I struggled internally, feeling isolated in my experience. I questioned whether anyone else had ever messed up as badly as I had. Where were the stories of people who truly struggled to return to their former selves? For a long time, I suffered in silence, trying to force myself to follow the training plan, do the races. But every attempt ended in disappointment, as my heart and head battled against each other, and I DNF or drop out. Lots of people didn't understand. From the outside, they saw someone who looked healthy. Why would that person just keep quitting? It didn't make much sense from the outside. But honestly, from the outside, what does make sense? You need to truly understand what that person is going through to get it. And those who knew me really well understood why I was having issues not completing races and workouts. And those that didn't were a bit insensitive, saying things like, you're going out too fast. Don't let your ego get the best of you. Which wasn't completely true. It wasn't a pacing thing. It was very much a heart and head at war thing. But yes, the ego may have been hurting too, as running used to be this thing that came naturally to me and suddenly felt like it wasn't that familiar friend I thought it was. I felt betrayed. I tried working with a sports psych. They offered advice on how I could break up a race or change my perspective around running. But when I started opening up to friends, family, and a general counselor, I realized what I was going through. And I realized I needed to rediscover who Meg was before Run Girl Meg. I needed to rediscover that multi-passionate, fun-loving Meg. I needed to dance, swim in the ocean, go camping all over the island, live, socialize, date. I needed to come out of my shell, open myself up to what was out there beyond the scope of running. I needed to find joy, plain and simple. I needed joy. And I was on a mission to live freely and be authentically Meg. No wrong girl Meg, just Meg. While I was on this self-discovery journey, exploring new hobbies, new goals, adding new social circles and friends to my life, my life became more full. And surprisingly, my excitement and enthusiasm for running began to return. I started to really crave running again and enjoying easy runs with friends, jumping into workouts when I felt like it. It started to come back. So while my passion for running has ebbed and flowed, I've learned to listen to what is best for me, for both my head and my heart. Stepping away out of personal choice has allowed me to regain my positivity, ambition, and determination. It's been a hell of a journey, 
but it's given me invaluable perspective. Sometimes one step forward and ten steps back is what it takes to get where you wish to be. I'd rather that than one short and fast upward trajectory that doesn't last. Though I may not be racing at the moment, I'm slowly but surely harnessing that competitive spirit again. I will be back one day. Just wait and see. So, to wrap things up, I hope my story resonates with someone out there. And I hope it gave guidance, perspective. I just don't want to see more athletes find themselves in red S. I hope this story can prevent that or help someone out there turn things around. Thank you for listening to What Keeps You Going. And as I navigate this new venture in the podcast world, bear with me. I welcome your feedback, comments, and suggestions for future episodes. Until next time, keep fighting for your dreams. And remember, do it for you. No one else. Not Strava. Not Instagram. Don't look for external validation. Do it for you. By the way, side note, I literally have fighter tattooed on my arm. Keep fighting, keep going, keep believing. <laughs> <laughs>